Hey church, how you doing today? Let's give God a great big hand today. I'm so excited to be with you and so excited that you're here. Wow. And also, I just want to recognize everybody watching online. And uh, can we just give them a great big welcome? Thank you for being here today. We have something exciting. Hope and pray that you're blessed and you're having a great, great, great day here. Here we are in a series, Courageous Faith, part six. And we're going to cover a whole chapter today, Joshua chapter seven. How many of y'all have enough faith that we can cover a whole chapter today? Come on. Anybody here? Come on. That's going to take a lot of faith, but we're going to do it. About two and a half weeks ago at our home, Natalie and I, what we realized is there was a, uh, a significant smell in our home. Now, we've had this smell before. In our garage, we've had some dead mice before. Now, if any of you have ever had a dead mouse in your house, you know what I'm talking about. There's a significant odor of, of flesh rotting. And so we, it was in our basement. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. And so we did what any, uh, any good couple would do. We just got more deodorizers and put them downstairs. Come on. We tried to hide the smell because that's what we did. We just said, okay, it's, we're going to have to wait it out. must be in the walls. It must be hidden somewhere. We're going to wait it out. But over the days, it started getting worse and worse. Until so one day, a friend was over, and I said, hey, while you're here, how about you find out where that smell's coming from? And so uh, what we noticed was is outside on our front porch, it was really, really strong, and it was really bad. As a matter of fact, it was extending out to the end of our yard. So anybody passing by was saying, wow, that's a special house. <laughs> And so it was, uh, it was really, really bad. So we started looking and looking. And we have a cement uh, front porch. And underneath it's just a wee little area right there. Before you know it, we started poking around. And we found that there was a, a dead raccoon under our porch. And it was a significant raccoon. It was full of maggots. And it was just gross as could be. It smelled really, really bad. Matter of fact, my friend looked at me at one point and stated, he said, I will help you with this, but you're going to have to convince me of how much you love me. <laughs> and I said, I love you, man. <laughs> and so I convinced him, and he helped. We had to dig a big hole. We had to dig and look and pull it out, double bagged it. And I did what any good neighbor would do. I put it out back of my neighbor's woodshed. And I just said, you know, I'll eventually get to it. I'll take it and throw it out. And then what happened was is a couple of days later, we were having people over, and the smell kept coming up onto our back deck. And so I said, I can't have this. So I put it in another bag, and I put it in my car, and I drove it as fast as I could with the windows down to the Murraysville campus and threw it in the dumpster there. And it took a while for the smell to get out of my car, but it did get out. You know, this is a picture of what many of us do with sin in our lives. We just think it's a little thing. We just think it's in the basement and nobody will ever find it. So we try deodorizing our lives. We go to church. We listen to K-Love. We throw a few dollars in. We do something nice. And we hope that somehow our sin will be okay. But unfortunately, 
What turns out to be a little thing eventually can turn out to be something really big. It's rotting flesh. And that's what sin is. It's rotting flesh. And if we don't deal with it properly, and sometimes we need somebody to help us deal with it. And if we don't have somebody dig into every area of our lives, we're going to have rotting flesh in our lives and we don't even know it. And then the the people, everybody going by, well, they know it because they can smell it. And all we're doing is trying to hide from it. Let me give you the big idea for today. The big idea is this, is courageous faith confronts sin that affects individuals, families, and God's people. Many times we think that sin is just a little issue. I don't really have sin. I have a problem. I have a situation. I have an issue. Sometimes we're entitled. Sometimes we're a victim. It doesn't matter. But what we need to realize is if we're going to have courageous faith, we're going to have to look at the deep areas of our lives and allow leaders to look at areas of all of our lives so that we can be cleansed. See, we're picking up the story here in Joshua chapter 7. In Joshua chapter 7, get this, comes right after Joshua chapter 6. Yeah. And there was a great victory. It was the victory of Jericho. It was a miraculous, supernatural victory that God gave them. It was a victory where the walls came tumbling down and, 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 and God's people got their first victory. You know why? Because they were leaving Egypt, but on their way to the promised land. And I believe there's many people here today. I believe there's many people watching. I believe there's many people in this room right now. You are somewhere in between Egypt, death, destruction, the world, and the promises of God. And you're wondering why you're not experiencing the fullnesses of the promises of God. Well, I want to tell you, in between here, it takes faith, but it takes faith to deal with some things in our lives as individuals, as families, and as God's people, if we are going to experience the promises of God. In Joshua chapter 6, the the direction was very clear. Do not take any money. All the money belongs to God. How many of y'all realize that all your money belongs to God? All of it belongs to God. Okay, he lets us keep some. The other we get get to give back to him. We're just returning to him. But also, they were not to touch of any of the items. They were all supposed to be destroyed. So let's pick it up here in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very what? Angry. Despite what you think, God, God, he's a God of love. He just accepts everybody. He accepts everything. Everything's cool. He gets angry at disobedience and sin. So here he is. God's angry with the Israelites. Now Achan was the son of Carmi, the the descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, in the tribe of Judah. It goes back to the tribe you're a part of. It goes back to the family you're a part of. I want you to catch that all the way through here. So what we have here is, is, is we have, they, they took some things that they weren't supposed to do. They were in disobedience here, and God got angry. Now, how many of you here today, how many of you have ever dreamt or ever thought, of you, thought about yourself and say, I'm going to do something so great, 
it's going to affect a lot of people. Come on, how many of y'all, come on, come on, how many of you are still dreaming about it? I want to do something so good that it affects a lot of people. But nobody ever thinks, I want to be aching. I want to affect everybody for negative because we all put ourselves in the best of light. But unfortunately, if we're not careful, we can be aching. We can be the one that affects a lot of people, but not for good. Let's go on, verse 2. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out a land of Ai. Verse 3, when they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go there. It won't take any more than a couple thousand men to attack, since there are so few of them. Don't make all the people struggle. It's like, now I believe, this is the way I read it, I don't believe this was just, you know, cocky or arrogant. I believe it was faith. Faith is at an all-time high. See, how many of y'all know that after one victory and one battle, there's always another battle? Come on, do you live in the same world I live in? Come on, there's another battle. And it's easy. Like, yeah, the faith was high. Look, there's only a few people. It's a weak place. We got this. God got this. Let's not send too many people there. So they sent 3,000 warriors, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate. That's what they did. And as they killed, 36 men were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. They went from victory. They went from faith. They went from God got this. Now 36 men died. Everybody's in fear. Courage melts away. How did they get to this point here? How did it, how, what happened? Because we want courageous faith. We want the victory. And now all of a sudden, they're in great defeat here. Let's, let's look at verse 6. Joshua, the leader of God's people, and the elders. God works through leadership. God works through elders. God works through a significant leadership structure. And so Joshua and the elders, what they did is they tore their clothing and they threw dust on their heads and bowed face down before the ark. Now many of us look at this and we're thinking like, what's the big deal with dust and tearing your clothes? In the Old Testament, this was a way that they were demonstrating repentance. Because without repentance, we're never going to experience the promises of God. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14, the first red letters of Jesus, it was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't say believe more. He didn't say just try harder. Listen, many of us are trying to believe our way into the kingdom and the promises of God, when in reality, we need to repent our way into the promises of God. See, see, this is it. So they, the first thing, this is good leadership. Good leadership says, we're going to bow down and we're going to cry out to God. We're going to repent. We're going to get right. We're going to demonstrate the way to go here. And Joshua cried out, oh, sovereign God, why did you bring us here? What are you doing? Joshua gets consumed with the glory of God. And many people here today, if you're ever wondering where to start when things go bad, it's called repentance. It's called, let's cry out to God together. What would your home look like? What would, your, what would your family look like 
if every time there was a crisis, we said, let's see who repents first. Let's, let's see who gets to be humble first. Let's see who's going to pray first. No, our, our situations usually, let's see who gets to be right first. No, we, let's repent first. Let's, let, let's, let's pray first. Let's be humble first. That's, this is what they did here. There was brokenness on them. Here, God works through a significant leadership team. And in verse 8, it goes on. It says, he says, God, look what's happening. Restore your glory. He was consumed with God. He was consumed with the plan of God here. But in verse 10, verse 10, now all the guys, you're going to like what's coming up right here. All the men are going to like this. Here it is. But the Lord said to Joshua, what did he say? Come on, say it like you mean it. Yeah. What are you doing? Get up. This is a men's meeting waiting to happen. Come on. Okay, repent first, but then get up. Repent first, then get up. Okay, do that first. Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things I commanded to set apart. It was disobedience. It was disobedience, and they touched the things that they shouldn't have touched. Somebody did something wrong here. They have stolen them and then lied. Now, any good parent knows this. Any parent. I don't have any parents here today. Come on. You know, to do something wrong is one thing, but then to lie about it is never good. You just bought yourself double trouble. Come on. Come on, where's my parents at, am I right? You can do it, but don't lie about it. If you lie about it, you're getting double. Come on, some of you are having, some of you are going back to your childhood right now. Come on. Well, this is it. This is it right here. And then you lied about it. The hidden things that belong to God. What are you doing here? Verse 12. This is why, this, that is why the Israelites were running from their enemies. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you which were set apart for destruction. God takes obedience and sin very seriously. He takes being under authority very seriously. Okay, God, remember, he's, he, he's angry over this here. This is, this is serious here. Do you know the only people that have the power to stop the move of God are God's people? The devil can't stop you. The devil can't make you do it. The devil can't do anything to you. Politicians can't do it. Teachers can't do it. Your boss can't stop it. The only people that can stop a move of God and the power of God are the people of God. We stop ourselves from experiencing courageous faith by sometimes the hidden things by which we hold on to. Verse 13, verse 13, here it is. Here it is. What are those first two words? Say it out. Yeah, get up. Command the people to purify themselves. This is where it started in Joshua 1. Purify yourself, cleanse yourself, consecrate. And listen, if we're going to experience the promises of God with courageous faith, it's going to take purity here. 
It, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. God says two times after he humbles himself, and what are the things that God loves? A broken and a contrite heart are the things that God will not despise. What are the things that he despises? That's, that's Psalm 51. 17, what are those things? Vulnerability, their transparency, their humility. These are the things that God will bless every time. God will bless these, a broken heart. God, let us be broken. Let us be humble. Let us be vulnerable and transparent in, 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 submit, in submission. This is what God's looking for. Did God find Bridge City Church this kind of place today? Let, it, let these things mark us, not how great we are, not how great, you know, the things we do. Let us brag on the greatness of God today. Let us know him. So, so he says, get up. There's hidden things among you. There's things that you have here. And many people, we're trying to hide things. We're trying to hide them from God. You can't hide things from God, I'm telling you. So, so all the clans, all the people had to appear before the elders here. They had to appear before the leadership. They're going to find what's wrong. Not just an issue, not a problem, not a victim, not an entitlement. they got to find sin because sin is keeping them from living a life of faith. Living the promises of God that He designed for us to, to, to live. Verse 19 as they all proceeded near Joshua, here comes Achan and his family. So Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 coins and a bar of gold. I wanted them. I took them. And then I hid them. This is a picture of how sin works in our lives. Let's take a look at this together. I saw. I wanted. I coveted. I took. And then I hid. If you go back to the first original sin in Genesis, first three chapters, Adam and Eve, they saw the fruit. They coveted and wanted. They took of it, and then they hid. This is a pattern of sin in our lives. And we need people willing to deal with the rotting flesh and the stinking parts of our lives that are willing to go in to the places nobody else will and help us get purity and cleansing and consecration. There are people in this room right now that are carrying burdens, that are carrying a weight, that are carrying things and you're wondering, why am I carrying all this? Something must be wrong. 
it is wrong, that there's disobedience, and there's things that you're carrying that you weren't meant to carry, that Jesus already took care of on the cross. He wants to take it from you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to give you freedom. The, the deal is this, is will you give it to him? Will you exchange it for, to, to him here? This is what it looks like. So Achan took two things in this, I saw, I wanted, I took, I hid. First, he took money, which belonged to the treasury of God. He, he took that. Second of all, he took a robe. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Who would ever covet a bathrobe? I mean, it must have been a really nice hotel he was staying in to take that bathrobe. It was, this was not an ordinary robe. It wasn't a shepherd's robe. It wasn't a common robe. If you look at this, how it's defined is a goodly Babylonian garment. Babylon represented prestige, honor, power. This was a robe of Shinar. This was a significant, beautiful robe which signified prestige, honor. It was chic. It was cool. It was, it was look at me. So when Achan saw that robe, he said, man, I want someday for everybody to look at me. That's what he was hoping for. That's what kind of robe. See, he wanted to be a VIP. He wanted the place of honor. He wanted the place that like someday I'm going to pull out this robe and everybody's going to look at me. I'm a guy of the world. I'm a guy that has prestige. I'm a guy who's made it according to Babylon. I am not here to impress you. I'm here to impart to you today that I don't want to be a man of Babylon, which represents the world. I want to be God's man. Where's all my men at today? And the women in this room today, God has designed you and created you the way God wants you. And he's created you with a destiny and with a purpose the way God's created you to be. See, this is it. I don't want to be something in the world's eyes. I want to be something in God's eyes. But we saw, we want, we take, and we hide. This is the pattern in our lives. And if we're not careful, we're going to take the glory of God. We're going to take it for ourselves. We're going to use it for us subtly. And we remove ourselves from authority, we disobey authority, and then we begin to hide things. That's what happened here. That's what happens when we hide. When we hide. Just yesterday, I had a tennis match in the morning. It was a long, it was a hot, hot day yesterday. Played tennis for about two and a half hours. Went home, changed, went out. I worked, I did a lot of different jobs for different people yesterday power washing, yard work. I was, it worked up to about, about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And I was, I, I was feeling it. I got home. Natalie said, we, we need to eat dinner. It was about 8.30, 8.40, somewhere around there last night. And so we're in the kitchen, and uh, we're, we're cooking dinner together. And as, as we're cooking dinner, I, 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 I got a wolf of something. And it was like, Something in this kitchen stinks. And so, you know, I'm smelling the chicken, smelling the cantaloupe, I'm smelling the drain. I'm, I'm looking everywhere. And then it would go. And then I would smell it again. Say, there's something stinks in here. And I'm like, and we're cooking, we're cooking, we're going, and we're going. And now the comes and says, yeah, every now and then I'm getting it too. 
And I'm like, man, something's bad over here. So I got my, got my plate of food because I'm hungry, and I'm like, I'm, I'm still feeling the day. It's on me. And I go over and I sit down, and I'm like, I smell it over here too. And I, after a few minutes, I said, I think it's me. And Natalie confirmed, yep, it's you. Yep, she did. She confirmed, yep, it's you. See, many times we're thinking everybody else is thinking we're looking for a reason. We're looking for a problem. We're looking for a reason why something stinks. And really, it's you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But what's even worse than it being us is when we want to hide it. Now, how many of you have ever noticed when a toddler, a little baby or a toddler, they're getting, they're getting, di- they're getting trained, toilet trained, and, and they're still wearing diapers? Have you ever noticed when, when they're in that stage where they're not quite making it yet? They always go in a corner. And, and they think nobody can see them in that corner. They think, they think nobody can see them. And, and they're like, this is what we do in our lives. We think nobody can see us. How you doing? Good. Really, you, you don't look good. I'm fine. You have anything going on in your life? No. We're just in the corner making a mess. You smell something? Yeah, I know where it's coming from. It's you trying to hide that stuff. See, we all try to hide stuff. We try to hide things. And we try to pretend like it's okay. Let's get some more deodorizer. Let's just try harder. Let's do more. Let's, let, let, let's worship louder. Let's do this, do that. But listen, it takes the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. We got to put ourselves back under authority. We got to put ourselves back under these things. I don't know if Achan felt entitled. I don't know if he was the victim. I don't know. I can't say those things. But those are some of the reasons why some of us try to hide. I have a right to it. I have a right to this. I have a right to this garment. I have a right to my prestige. I have a right to this money. I have this. I have that. Let's read on in verse 24. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had. And he brought them to the valley of Achor, the valley of trouble. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. Now, these are real people in the story. I can only imagine there were some people going, Joshua and the elders, the leaders, are taking us a little too seriously. They need to dial it down. Because after all, God's, God's a God of love. He's never angry. He's okay with everything. That's really not the story here. 
That's really not what happened. Now, there's two ways we can, we can look at this. They stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. And there's two ways we can look at the people of God. Achan had it coming. Get rid of Achan and his family. That's one way, but I don't read it that way. Because anybody that would have seen somebody get stoned in biblical times would never do that. They would, you wouldn't. There would be brokenness, humility, and a time to honor God. That's what it would be. Oh, man, don't make us do this. Don't make us deal with it this way. Please don't. That's, that would be the heart. But courageous faith has to confront sin that affects individuals, families, and God's people. Because of one man's sin, now his sons and daughters are killed as well. 36 men died. All because one man's sin that kept them from victory. This is serious. This is what sin does to us. It, we hide. We go in protection mode. We go into self-preservation mode. Rather than let me live in vulnerability, transparency, and humility. I need to honor God. His family had to know that these things were hidden uh, in, in his tent. Like yesterday... Natalie said, yep, it's you. His, his wife and family, they had to know it wasn't a big tent. They had to know something was hidden there. Why are we hiding this stuff? This stuff belongs to God. Let's get right with God. Let's go to Him. There's the promises of God awaiting us. Who got time for sin? Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. That's what we got to do. Let's be honest here. And then in verse 26, they piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble, a car. So the Lord was no longer angry. You know why many of us in the room today, there's many people in the room and many people watching right now, you feel as if God's angry with you. It's because sin hasn't been dealt with in your life. It's because there's hidden things. It's because there's secret places. Or maybe there could be some people here today that you've never made Jesus Christ the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future. This pile of rocks, I believe, was a memory to everybody that what could have happened if repentance would have happened? What could have happened? Just like Mark chapter 1, Jesus' first red letters in the book of Mark. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. There's the kingdom. There's the promises. There's freedom for you. To live in courageous faith if we'll allow the things in our lives to be dug up and allow us, 
Allow them to be revealed. Never confuse courage with arrogance and pride. Courage comes from faith in who God is. That's faith. Faith is in who God is. Faith has an object. Our faith is in God. His character. His promises. His word. Arrogance is based on who I am. It's based on my merit. It's based on my entitlement. It's based on my victimhood. In reality, we don't have issues, problems, or situations. We have sin. We've missed the mark which has separated us from God. Would you be so kind to stand to your feet with me? In just a few minutes, we're going to partake of communion, and we're going to be reminded of the goodness of God together. Let me read to you this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be our offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. What would have happened if somebody stepped in and said, hey Aiken, hey family, hey kids, I'm going to take the suffering. I'm going to take the pain and the stoning and the crushing and the destruction for you. Do you think Aiken would have said, what? You... You're going to take that for me and, and my family and for God's people? If you were aching, wouldn't you say, yes, I want to receive the sacri- your sacrifice and thank you. Wouldn't you do that? That's what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us. He stepped in and took the suffering and the shame and the pain of everything we've gone through in our lives. All the sin, all the, all the separation, and all the death in our lives, Jesus took for you and for me. That's what he did. But many people, they're like, no, I think I'll take it myself. And you're wondering why you're being crushed. You're wondering why you're being crushed under the weight of sin and pressure and shame and all these things in your life. You don't have to live there any longer. It's called a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's called, it's called, I've been made right with God through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. My friends, this is the message of Christianity. This is why God put Bridge City Church on the face of this planet. To share this message and to see as many people as possible experience the freedom that only Jesus can give. So if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or time when Jesus Christ stepped in front of your stoning, in front of your destruction, in front of you you being on your way to hell and you receive Jesus, the forgiveness that only He can give, and you've received the freedom that only Jesus can give by His leadership, you came to the right place. 
In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. And there's many people in the room. You're going to take a step of courage today that you've never taken before. You're going to say, Jesus, I want you to be my forgiver. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be the one in charge now. I've done it myself. I'm crushed. I've been stoned. I've been under this weight. I can't do anymore. Are you with me right now? Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room right now. Lord God, that's under the weight of sin and separation and pain and destruction. I pray for the grace of God, not just to acknowledge our sin, but to repent of our sin. And Lord God, I pray for many people in this room right now. God, that right now, they're about to release their sin and they're about to receive a relationship with you, God. So if you're here today and you would like to make today July 9th, 2023, your day where you became a follower of Jesus Christ, not just an acknowledger. This is what I want you to do with all the courage inside of you. I just want you just to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. Come on. Come on. Anybody in the room today, just I got to do this today. I'm in the right place at the right time. Anybody here? Anybody saying, I got to make today my day? I got to make my moment my moment right here. Anybody at all just saying, I got to make Jesus the forgiver of my past and leader to my future. Anybody at all, anybody here, thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Very good. Now listen, this is what we're going to do. This is why this is so serious. We're about to do communion. And the only thing that can prohibit you from partaking of communion today is that you're not a believer, not a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus hasn't been your forgiver and your leader. If Jesus is your forgiver and leader and you have a day, a moment in time where you've done that, you're welcome to partake. On your way in, you should have received crackers, which represent the body of Christ, and juice. If you just didn't happen to do that, raise your hand right now the ushers are going to come by. Keep your hand up. They're going to come by, and they're going to give you. They're going to give you these. They're going to make their way to you. Just keep your hand up. No rush. No fuss. They're going to make their way to you. It's all good. Keep your hand way up so they can see it there. And this is how we're going to do this today. I don't want you just to frivolously just say, oh, God, I remember. I want you to take some inventory. Maybe there's a few people here today, whether you're at home or whether you're here today, you just need to kneel down and say, I need to get right with God. Yeah, you got to kneel down like Joshua and the leaders did in humility and say, I got to get right with God. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. And you're going to go to God and say, God, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Is there anything I need to make right? There's no sin too big God can't handle. If you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And then during this song, after you do that, just right where you are, you're going you're gonna to open this up and you're going to partake and say, Jesus, I remember the body that was crushed for me. And then you're going you're gonna to open up the juice. You're going to say, I remember the blood of Jesus Christ. I remember the blood of Jesus. And you're going to remember him that is the only way to forgiveness and being right with God. Then together, we're going to continue to worship God with Jesus, our firm foundation. 
Oh yeah, things may happen, but God won't let me down. Heavenly Father, let this be a holy moment. Let this be a moment, God, where you are honored and glorified, Father. Where we all together get right with you, God. So that your purposes and courageous faith can be found at Bridge City Church. Amen. Let's remember together.